Hey, what's going on? Uh, it's Bosco here, live with these two degenerates. Um, and uh, we just watched Mulholland Drive. It's a David Lynch film. Uh, it came out in the late 90s. Um, and uh, it's just like, uh, like most of his other shit, it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's fucking weird. And hold on, before we get into it, um, I want to say that we were originally slated to discuss Gangs of New York, a, a film very different from from Mulholland <laughs> Drive, because we back in the day uh, when we first watched that one with with Andrew here, uh, that one was a contentious one between us, but. We watched that one about, what, four or five days ago? Yeah. And it's a little harder to do a, a movie review a little removed from the film. You got and to, yeah. It felt easier to just do one right, right after. after the facts. So yeah. I think we'd also said we're kind of... We're at a, a resolution point. The first night after I watched that movie, we had lots of, lots of heated debate, but yeah. now... We've come to an agreement on the good and bad parts of that movie. Overall, I think it's pretty well. But... Slurs were thrown. Gangs in New York, all right. But we're, <laughs> we're all right, here for but, Mulholland yeah, Drive. Yeah, so I, I brought this one to the table because I, I love I love David Lynch. I think he's a fucking, he's a weirdo. But I, I feel like this is like one of those movies that like, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of up its own ass a little bit. It is, like I said, it is oh, esoteric. Yeah, it is, but it's good. It's good. Well, coming into this one, Andrew, you said you hadn't seen much David Lynch before, right? No, I haven't. You hadn't seen Twin Peaks or uh, Blue Velvet? No, I haven't. Still never seen either of those. Yeah. You saw The Elephant Man. The Elephant Man. That's the only David Lynch film <laughs> I've seen. And it's funny, I was, I mean, I don't, like you said, I don't know a lot of David Lynch, but... I was thinking about how to describe the structure of this movie. You know, sometimes there's a build-up, a resolution, a climax, and this this movie, it's difficult to describe because there's there's not a lot of solid structure. It skips around. I noticed that all the cuts between the scenes are really hard. There's no fade-ins or fade-outs. It's it's well, all there's uh, constant fading in and out. Well, either way, you're you're going from one scene to something completely different. It's not yeah. exactly like it is quite it doesn't lead into each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that was wait, hold on. So that was literally the second thing I fucking wrote was disjointed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So that would bring me to my main theory. About wait, this wait, hold on. Film. Before you go into your theory, okay. hold on. I want to bring up just a, a couple small go things. For it. It, this movie, like, in the beginning, like, one of the things I wrote was, like, it feels like a bunch of, like, vignettes. It felt like like a bunch of, like, slice of life shit in fucking neat in L.A., but, like, with David Lynch's, like, weird fucking, you know, like I said, nonsense. And I would agree with that, too, and I would also say that also leads into my theory in that one of the first notes I had about this film is that it feels like it's taking place in a dream state and let's you know let's just saying how dreams occur when you have like let's say you're having a very a night where you're dreaming a lot it feels like like you'll have a dream and it feels like there's an overarching plot in the dream but it'll feel somehow disjointed and almost like like you said, it's a bunch of vignettes occurring in your dream, connected 
yet somehow disjointed, you know? So, uh, this film very much feels like it takes place in a surrealist dream state of some kind, you know? And one of the opening scenes is that guy who's always the creepy character with the eyebrows and whatnot, in the Winkies Cafe saying, like, hey, this feels like a dream right now. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then he goes out there, and there's the, that scene where he walks around being like, I'm he in finds, a dream. Oh, he finds, I'm in a dream. He finds me. He and finds yeah, this weirdo. He turns the corner, there. and there's, like, an ogre right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah the time. troll. Yeah. <laughs> Don't disturb the troll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, and it, the way, even now, moments after the film, the way you remember it is very dreamlike, where you can remember certain actions, or these two people are together, but there's no uh, there's no way to kind of uh, reconstruct in your mind, like, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. It doesn't follow that way, because it kind of jumps around. At certain points, I was thinking, you know, is this all in the same timeline? But looking back over the whole movie, the timeline isn't really a factor you no know, you it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't matter though right, the, the, right. The, the time of events doesn't matter like there's a certain order right like you know in place but it doesn't really matter watching them in order and that's what i think is yeah. like is really cool about this movie is that basically david lynch made a movie where he tells like a very like not not bait I wouldn't say basic story but he tells a, a story you know these two you know young actresses fall in love you know there's jealousy one gets the part you know they drift apart that one then she hires the assassin who was actually I rec- I realized what I recognized him from and none of you are gonna recognize it but he was a Lucifer and um, what's that fucking shitty show uh, Supernatural. He played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so fucking. Um, uh, I think like he's just. But I, I had kind of like a different take on it actually. I kind of the take I had on it, like I, I for sure I, I can I can see the dream shit. Can for I sure. go into the dream sh- stuff a little bit before you? Go well, sure. Yeah, let me just. Your take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go. Okay, so um, other things of note is first off, I feel like. Much of David Lynch's work is surrealist and dreamlike. Um, Twin Peaks, like you said, when as we're watching it, uh, Twin Peaks has a has a fevered dream feel to it. Um, certain the lighting and certain just scenes, like the the glow, there's like a soft glow um, of lights in a lot of scenes that I feel like lends credence to its almost kind of like otherworldly ethereal feel to it well i'd also throw into your theory uh what's it called um uh the the mute the music for sure is very dreamlike but menacing it's almost like a nightmare at points um and uh yeah you know it's but well there's uh, also the fact that um in dreams a lot of times um people you might know in real life and then you see them in dreams aren't quite who they are right and that's and what I that's see that in that's what i was trying dream. to that's what i was trying to say like with the, with the the acting the acting in the movie like like they act like how you would imagine like cuz we all think like oh like if you encounter someone in a dream they're talking normally but in real but like in that scenario they 
probably are talking like weird and disjointed and like kind of like wooden but like also like melodramatic right yeah. like the highs are very high and the lows are like very low like you know what i mean it's just like i don't know it's just if that's like i'm saying like lens credence to your dream theory but one, one other thing is this is gonna sound weird but another movie based on dreams explicitly stated that it's a dream is inception and in inception they have a token and they well, use this token... It's not just a dream. As, it's a movie about a dream within a dream. Get it right. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the token is the important part here. Yeah. So they use a token as an indicator that they're dreaming. Yeah. And I noticed what I believe to be a token, an indicator of them being in the dream world versus being in real life. And that is the blue key. Because the first couple of times the blue key is shown, it's this like weird triangular pyramid-like device that doesn't quite look like a key and you know in dreams a lot of times you'll see objects that are familiar but somehow they're distorted in this weird way where they're like almost otherworldly and that's how the key in the dream feels where it's like in this pyramid triangular shape and then later at the end of the movie it shows the key a couple times and it looks like a normal typical key like how it would look in real life but in the dream it's like this weird distorted shape you know so i kind of saw that as like almost like a token of some kind of an indicator that you're dreaming when you see the weird distorted shapes glowing lights um people that are familiar but who are also like weirdly different and a final note i took of this at the very end the last thing i wrote down was that, like many dreams, it feels like a lot happens in this movie, but also not very much mm, yeah. in a weird way, yeah. you know? So, you know, you ever have, like, a deep, heavy dream, and you're like, holy yeah. shit, you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, my God, that was a crazy dream. Well, holy shit, how much, so much happened. Then you try and recall it, and you're like, yeah, this happened, that happened, and, like, actually not a whole lot did happen yeah you well, know? well that that makes that makes sense with like the whole like the the part where they're they're getting it on and uh what's it called and then out of nowhere she just goes i love you and then you know it's just like it that would make sense that that's some shit that would fucking happen like out of a dream you know yeah, what I mean? and, yeah you know i think the movie really it really tries to blur that line uh to the point where uh i would say there are very few what could be considered real scenes, if any. You know, it's hard to depict which ones are which. And uh, what you said about the key is interesting because I think that there are maybe whole scenes that are reflections of what could be considered real events. You know, it's like some sort of event happened to the main character, Betty, who's uh, uh, Naomi Watts. Uh, in this movie, and and most of the movie is this dream or nightmarish state where she's dealing with some of this trauma that happened. You know, um, it seems like the main plot is that Heartbreak. she, yeah, she she was going to be a movie star. She went to Hollywood. She uh, met this woman. She got the part. There's some jealousy, but there's also jealousy in the fact that they then have a relationship and then. Um, the woman who got the part goes on and has another relationship with the director. So, 
you know, and then apparently Naomi Watts' character goes on to get so jealous that she she tries to have her assassinated, you know? <laughs> and I think dealing with that trauma uh, and and dealing with it, the movie is more a characterization of, of a spiraling mental state, a nightmares that you might have because of this traumatic event um, or, or something like that. And, and it goes so far as to reflect and then reflect again, you know, to get to uh, something that is kind of close to reality and then something that gets closer to just a pure emotion that you're feeling about it. And that's where it really gets strange in the movie. Yeah, I know. I, think I I do I do think the dream theory that I mean it makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to it, but I actually kind of had like a different take, if, okay, if, like a different see, spin. So, so like I I was thinking the dream theory. I was thinking all of that. Like there's like there's so many signs. Like um, I'm trying to think of shit in particular. Uh, um, just like uh, like weird interactions like the the logic right like obviously there's like a real story in there but it's fucking mired in so much nonsense and wankery <laughs> um and you know but uh i think she is actually like in in a way it's like kind of like enter the void i kind of took it more so like that like you remember, you, you, I haven't seen you, it. Okay, so well, the 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 in that movie, he he takes DMT and then dies and then basically like like he like relives. Yeah, he's like reborn. Right, reborn, and yeah, and we'll do that one for one of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Lars von Trier. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but um, but. I kind of thought this was because one of the things I started thinking was like this feels like a purgatory. This feels like a kind of like a, like some kind of like it feels ethereal and it feels like some kind of like afterlife kind of feel to it, and I thought it was like kind of like she was, re she was going over, like the events that led up into her death, her shooting, blowing mm -hmm. her brains out. Like it was like kind of like, you know, uh. You know, kind of like the the ketamine feeling of being like disconnected from dissociated. your body, dissociated, dissociated. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's well. That's why, like in the beginning, things. she goes by Betty, and then the the her you know lover slash rival was uh, Rita, mm -hmm. and then and then later she was I forget Diane, Diane, and then it was Camilla, mm -hmm. right? And that was the real, you know. And so it's almost like she's like she's like kind of reliving the the moments that led into her untimely death, right? Like, and I think um, also it kind of this movie is like kind of like a statement on how actresses in particular are kind of like they're 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 kind of just ex expendable, right? Like, there's like like the thing i got from this movie a lot weirdly was a lot of vitriol and anger towards towards the the movie industry and like one of my examples is like when they go after like at the beginning when they're like hey this girl is the girl and when you see her audition you're you, you're supposed to you're supposed you should say this is the one, the girl, right? And then the cowboy guy. Yeah, no, but Why no, is no, the no. Cowboy director. Yeah, I, for some reason, that cowboy <laughs> just shows up out of nowhere. 
But that's an unanswered question. <laughs> that's an unanswered question. Yeah, the no. Ca- the role of the cowboy guy. But I feel like I don't know. I feel that in her mind she kind of like had a psychosis. You know, she kind of had like a break. You know, that's why she hired you know the hitman. But I feel that it's. You know, this is this thing is like it's not only like this weird like artsy like you know trying to tell a story in an interesting way type movie, but I think it it's kind of like I said making a statement on the film industry and maybe even David Lynch's own frustrations. You know, like David Lynch is like the director. You know, in this movie, and you know he's like, oh, I have no control over my movie. This and then they go, oh, it's not your movie anymore, and that's the shit I've heard. You know, through many stories in Hollywood, you know, it's it's well, fucked up. The movie-making business is fucked up. One thing I did uh, jot down early on in the in the watching of it, I always said, is David Lynch trying to reveal something about how women are treated in Hollywood? <laughs> no, no, straight up, <laughs> like, straight up. That's, that's, what, that's what I got There's, out of this. The, yeah. the scene when she goes to audition when Betty, yeah. she's in the Betty state still, yeah. and she goes to audition and for that role, yeah, yeah. and they're she's, like, okay, yeah. show us what you got. And the guy's like, I'll play the role of the best friend of your father. <laughs> and then it gets like, really overtly yeah. sexual yeah. and it's like yeah honestly I, to- I totally get creepy. what you're saying yeah it, 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 they, he's definitely it has yeah. the the Weinstein effect where it's yeah. like you want this role well then show me what you got you know mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of kind of vibe to it a little uh, bit you know I thought I, I he's just such a weirdo dude David Lynch is just such a fucking weird dude you know it's like uh, some some directors say, "Oh, this movie idea came to me in a dream." I feel like this, this is, is a David Lynch dream. dream. Yeah, you know, it's just he, one of his dreams put to film. Yeah, that he managed to create into a film. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I think maybe kind of going credence to your your dream theory, like people don't act like you would expect them to act, right? Like that's the one thing that, I, like I was saying, like the wooden acting is like. People don't react to things like, um, like there was like one thing where like she's like struggling to get over like some kind of like, um, uh, yeah, she's like, going into the house, right, the right, right. And she, when she's g- going over, she's like, let's go. And then she, the the girl Rita, she like pauses and then she just goes like, uh, no. And it's like weird and like like I said, disjointed. So like, yeah, that would be kind of like you know leading to that. But well, you know, one other thing that that strikes me is that and um is that how in dreams you don't really understand why you're doing things you never stop to ask like well should i be doing this should i yeah. should i not and that's one of the things i noticed about uh betty slash diane naomi watts character is that she's like all in all the time yeah i mean this this no hesitation woman, <laughs> she's current. a down ass bitch she's just down for <laughs> it's whatever crazy. strange it's, lady here at the house yeah, we're best yeah. friends this woman <laughs> shows up and she's like boom okay we're gonna help you but oh we can't go to the cops okay we're not gonna go to the cops just keep remembering we'll show up to some some strange woman's house who you think is you and she's just there's never any question about like What's your, what are we doing? What are, why are we doing this? Why am I helping this random person and covering for them? And, uh, you know, the relationship gets expanded on, but that that sort of interaction is very just on the go, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all in from the start, very dreamlike. Yeah. 
I would definitely agree with, agree with that. Yeah, like in a in a dream, you know, like you'll um, embark on some type of at, at least in a long extended dream, you kind of like embark on some type of weird mm-hmm. adventure, and there is never a moment when you're like, "Wait a well, second, yeah, like, no, that's why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? What's the what's our what's our goal here? What's the end game? Yeah. You know, what's the end game of these characters? Like, what are yeah. they trying to figure out? Why Rita slash Camilla was in this accident and she can't remember anything? Is the best I could gather yeah. of what yeah. their goal was throughout the majority of the movie. No, yeah, there is some mystery and you gotta go solve it, because <laughs> you gotta. You know? <laughs> and Bosco, in regards to the purgatory thing, I would say being in a dream state or being in a purgatory state are very similar. Um, if you want to recall, maybe the original, the few early, the early seasons of the show Lost, um, it was right. highly debated. Mm-hmm. Are they in purgatory? Is this a dream? Yeah. And I feel like that the two are very almost. And then at least. And then by season reason. four, they completely dropped the ball. Of by course, season but three. you know, in, in a literary sense, the <laughs> yeah, two are, I know can saying, be interchangeable. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. is this purgatory? Or yeah. Are we in a dream? What are we doing here? Why is all this weird shit happening? But we got a mission somehow. Yeah. There's a mission. We got to do this thing because like you know and like you know somehow all the characters are familiar but not familiar and it's surrealist in this weird way and i feel like it can flip-flop either way be like oh purgatory i died and now i'm in some weird purgatory state or this is just a fever dream all right well what about this all right okay and maybe it's because i'm I'm a little stoned right now Mm -hmm. but um, I drank a whole bottle of wine. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, uh, and our friend over here is sitting in ripped pants because my dog bit him. Uh, <laughs> that actually happened. Is that a dream? Is we'll that a dream know. we'll never know? Yeah. Well, that's funny. That's the that's I think the main question of the movie is: Could it be argued that any of this actually happened? Did any does of that, that Does anything ever happen? did the scene here's the one that i want to know oh the magician scene that well the magician the theater scene and the magician scene yeah 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 who the fuck is getting up out of bed and just going like yo we need to go to this theater real quick that's some dream shit but um the the opening cafe scene at winkies when um the weird guy's there, and he's like, oh, I've had this weird dream, and then he does the walk around the corner, and the mm-hmm. ogre appears. Like, I'm like, is that real, or is that a hallucination, or a dream, or whatever? Well, I think the ogre was the, the reaper. The, the reaper? Yeah. Yeah, it was like the, like, the grim, like, you know, or, like, Satan, you know. Elaborate the, a bit more. I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know, I just, I just, I just feel like it, I'm getting, like, real purgatory vibes. I know you're saying... Well, he, he appears in that opening scene and then doesn't reappear throughout the entire movie. In the entire movie, you're, that is a very strong scene. Like, that's yeah. a very impactful one. Where yeah, dude, it's like, creepy yeah, as it shit, dude. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, and then you're, the whole movie, you're left there being, like, like, as all this stuff unfolds between Rita and, and, and Camilla, Betty, whatever, and, um, you're still like, okay, this is happening, but the whole time you're like, wait, what about that weird guy, <laughs> the yeah. weird ogre yeah. thing, and then at the very end is when then all of a sudden he's back there, and he has 
the blue box that the key opens and yeah. like, ah. well so here's here's the thing I think that there's an argument to be made that some some things in this movie actually happen and one thing I wanted to point out is I, I mentioned to you during the movie but there's this weird uh, close-up eye uh, shot motif that happens three or four times and it seems to me like it only happens between like the main characters you know it happens between um, uh, you know Naomi Watts character and the director uh, the director and uh, you know actually it did happen between him and, and one of the like movie exec guys alright uh, oh yeah we spit out the coffee <laughs> yeah. yeah it happens several times and it seems like like those moments for the characters are like really intense like they get they get like really shaky they don't know what's yeah. happening and that to intensity me, out of nowhere like that's yeah, like, yeah it is yeah. and it seems to me like those are like the closest that this person is coming to like actually recollecting what happened you know, those are the points where they're like, whoa, 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 okay, I'm getting too real here, <laughs> getting too real. And and it goes on because, uh, you know, the, um, the you know, I think she, yeah, she's generally dealing with that sort of trauma, like, throughout the movie, of, like, things that are, are really happening. But it's it's really messed up, and it's really, uh, it's really distant to her during the movie. And I think... The main background, uh, you know, subplot is trying to deal with that, like, that ogre, that overarching, like, anxiety or scaredness that you get hit with right at the beginning of the movie and comes back at the end during, like, maybe the most intense part. So she, that's the, the core feeling that she's trying to run away from. So, so let, me, let me ask this question. Would you say the shot of the eyes, when the, when the, when the, when the camera zooms on the eyes, is that indicative that they're dreaming or that they're awake what would you say i think it's close to awake a close to close awake. to awake yeah it's it's getting away from you know this this dreamland of well i'm not really sure what i'm doing but it, i'm going there's action to finding something that that is like oh whoa, whoa, this is like something that reminds me of that event specifically not just running around the city you know well yeah, you know, well, yeah, well, one thing in regards to the eyes, you know, what's interesting is in the one scene that also I feel like is very unexplained with the original scene with the hitman, where he's with that random guy and he has off-colored eyes. One eye's brown, one eye's blue. He kills that guy and then he kills the uh, lady in the office and the, mm -hmm. and the janitor. And then when it returns to him later in the movie when she's trying to get a hit, out on Camilla, his eyes are normal, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, in the weird dream stateness of the opening of the film, he has these off-colored eyes, but then when it's in reality, and in, to prove, as pr evidence that it is reality, when he presents the key, which I believe is the token of show mm -hmm. that he's, that you're awake, he presents the normal-looking key, his eyes are normal. Yeah. But in the dream state, his eyes are off-colored. The hitman's eyes. So, so let's just let's just. You ever get like really disturbed from dreams? Because like I feel like I feel like you know there's a lot of times where I've like woken up from dreams, and like, and like I'll be crying. Or I'll be like super emotional, and I'm like, bro, I didn't need this shit. I didn't need to wake up and be all fucking weird. You know what I mean, though? Like, I will say, you know what? Lexapro. 
causes vivid dreams. Really? And, and a lot of the feeling that I get from those dreams is not like terror or uh, or anything, but it's a lot like this, where you get this really deep sense of unease. Like, yeah. like I've had several where I'm in like some sort of like awkward social interaction. Like I had one where I was like invited <clears throat> to a party and then everyone like brought gifts like it, it was christmas and i hadn't done any shopping oh of and course. i was like i was like oh my god like i'm being so rude and then all of a sudden like everyone was going to do something but i didn't know what was happening so i was totally unprepared and i missed out on this like crazy good thing that, that gave me so much more anxiety and like <laughs> just this this unease well i i i have i have a reoccurring stress dream and it it's fucking such horseshit dude i fucking hate it every time i have one and it's this fucking dream where i'm back in college right and i'm like I'm more than halfway through the semester, and, like, basically, I haven't done any of my homework. Any. Anything. <laughs> and I got, like, I fucking, I'm just, and then I'm basically just trying to make up for everything. And it's, like, this rapid dash to, like, yeah. do all this nonsense, by the way. All this, like, complete, and it's just, like, what was the point of that? What was the point of that? And then I wake up, and I'm all fucking anxious. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah 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 and that's the same sort of like vibe that you get from like going from this one vignette to the next to the next that like you never really get a ton of resolution you all you get is this anxious yeah. feeling yeah well you you always you always i remember when we were living together i remember you would always tell me some of the fucking dreams that you would have and man like like there were some weird ones in there uh, yeah i feel like i'm a very vivid dreamer yeah um yeah, I definitely have a lot of strange ones. It's funny you mentioned the one about school. Um, I had one a couple, about a month ago, where I had to return the class. And, like, in the dream, I was like, I, I've graduated. Like, I kept being like, I don't know why i got to go back to school. I've graduated. And it was about me. Like, I went back to school there, and, like, it was covid style school so I'm like I'm like do I wear the mask or not wear the mask <laughs> and like the whole time <laughs> wow. I'm dealing with that problem but then also like it's like the class I'm looking for is in a building in a place I've never heard of mm-hmm. and so the whole time I'm laughing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm walking around like I'm like trying to ask people like I have the mask on half the time half the time the mask is off and I'm like do I go to class here is this an online thing is this an online yeah. thing and then people, nobody knows. <laughs> and I'm walking around like, do I just show up with the mask on? Do I walk in maskless? Do I log on online? I don't know. And then like midway through the dream, I'm like, I've graduated. What the fuck am I doing Zach, here? you're late for finals and <laughs> you didn't study. But no, there'll always be a point where like in it where I'm like, like almost like part of me was like, wait a second. Like, and like a part of me will like, like a weird part of my mind will be like, hold on, this is a... Uh, I think this is a dream. And then, like, at that moment, like, my mind will snap out of it. And I'll snap out of the dream and, like, kind of reawaken. But, you know, I'm in the middle of, like, deep sleep. So, like, I'll fall back asleep quickly. And the dream just kind of snuffs itself out there. See, I'm I'm just basic. Like, most most of the ones, I would have this a lot. And it's happened, like, most of my life. And it's because I'm lonely. Um, <laughs> uh, but like basically, I would always like have dreams of like random, you know, like girls, like girls in, like from high school, girls, random girls from college, and like basically, like I'd I'd have a dream where like my life would. Play 
play out with them and how, how I think it would happen. And it was weird because sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes it was, dude, I swear this one time I thought it was just this random girl, right? That I had made up. And then the next day I went to fucking, I went to uh, class at Sonoma and I saw the fucking girl from my dreams. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Why can't I use this, like, fucking brain power to do something actually <laughs> useful other than fucking pick some random girl you see at fucking Sonoma and then you have a dream where you fall in love and, you know, happily ever well, after? Okay, yeah, that would happen <laughs> to me in a similar way where, like, uh, a girl that, like, I would, let's say, I know I know them in real life. I know It's a real person. I know them in real life. But I've never, like, thought about them in, in, a, in a sexual way. And then I'll have a dream that's, like, yeah. A sexual Dude, dream totally. about that girl. Then I'll wake up in the morning. And I'll be so horny for that girl. I'm like, I gotta call her right Dude, now. Dude, sometimes I've done that. I've done that, and I've gone to go look at their Facebook. I'm like, I wonder what they look like now. I wonder what they look like now. I gotta call her right now. I yeah, I, I, I had one. Super I, horny for you. Right I had now. one the other night where I had. It, it, okay, this will make you laugh. So I, it was this random girl from my fucking high school. Doesn't matter, right? Um, she was cute, whatever, who cares, and so I, what's it called, <laughs> and, uh, so basically, I, like, had this fucking weird, it was so weird, just, like, so many, like, I feel like there's, like, so many unnecessary hoops I have to jump through in my fucking dreams, it's, like, it's, like, well, like, why am I not just doing something, it's, like, oh, I gotta do the thing before I do the thing, you know, and then finally, we're, we're about to have sex in a bathroom stall, and I'm, I'm having to, and I'll know, this is when I break my, this is when I lose, start lucid dreaming, it's, I, I have to piss, and then I'll go. To, I'll go take a piss in the bathroom, but then what will happen is I'll have to take another piss like five seconds later, right? But in reality, I just have to piss like in real life. Like in real life, I just like I'll wa- I'll wake up from a good dream, from a good dream, not a fucking nightmare where I feel like I'm a failure, and I'll wake up. I'll wake up from the piss, and I have. I swear to God, with the same logic, I have try to pee and then go back to sleep and see if I can get back to that same moment <laughs> in my dream. And that sounds, and that's, that's something silly to admit at the age of 27 years old. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, no, I think we've all had dreams that we've woken up from and been like, that was awesome. Let me fall back asleep and get back okay, to Okay. All right. So that's not, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, like, no, no, no. Take me back. I don't want to wake up. <laughs> Most of the times. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had the ones, you know, if you, if you uh, have an alarm set that you've been used to re- waking up to for a long time, yeah. and it's almost like your mind is knows that your internal clock's telling you you have to wake up, and like your mind aligns the climax of your dream with the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've definitely had that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll be sleeping, yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, and then like right when it's getting good, it's like yeah, it's so funny. Like sometimes. Sometimes mine's, mine's, the, happen, Nar- like, mine's uh, the Naruto theme song, so it's just <laughs> horrible. Sometimes things will happen right as I'm waking up. Like, uh, oh, I've, I've, you know, you have like, uh, you fell off a building, you got hit with a baseball bat, and like right as I get hit, that's when my alarm goes off. <laughs> it's wild. Dude, I've, I've had, I had one, I remember when I was a young kid, I had one where I was falling and I straight up had fallen off of my bed. I had rolled off of my bed and I woke up on the floor. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, yeah. actually, this re- this all reminds me of a dream theory that I pretty much firmly believe in now, okay. uh, which I got uh, I first heard of in high school by uh, our our science fiction teacher, 
uh, Tom Alessandri. And so I've never kept a dream journal, but he, he once told me that uh, he kept a dream journal. He had this dream about, oh, saying, oh, we're having cheese for breakfast. <laughs> you know, and, and then he ends up traveling to France some months later. He goes down to the hotel lobby. They're having breakfast, and this waiter brings out this whole plate of cheese, and he goes, oh, what? We're having cheese for breakfast? You know, and he goes, whoa, okay, I just had very intense deja vu. He looks it up in his dream journal, and God damn it, there it is. You know, uh-huh. and and ever since then, shit, I, I've that's been, clairvoyance, dude. I've clairvoyance. been fully convinced ever since then that deja vu is something that you've dreamed. Something, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, most of the time that it happens to me, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I saw this in a dream. Yeah, I don't yeah. keep I don't keep a dream journal, but I'm telling you, I get. I feel like I get that with people a lot for some reason. I get deja vu with people like where sometimes I'll like see someone. I'm like, do I know that guy? And most of the time it's no, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, do I know that guy? He looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same kind of feeling. And in the same way, like... Who is this bitch? <laughs> but the dreams, like, sometimes I'll think about dreams that I had and I'll be like, I wonder if that's going to happen to me. Like, they're spotty. I don't think they're very reliable no, for predicting no. dreams. No, but, no, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet your life on your dreams. Oh, I, I wouldn't either, you know. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, sometimes it's... It's spot on. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The premonition. To the yeah, yeah. Somehow, and I, I might just believe that until they actually figure out how dreams well, work. Remember, remember, Bosco and I was talking when we we're living together. Oh, this I already know which one you're. Ta- you're talking about the murder spree. Yeah. Okay. So there is a series of dreams. They were like connected, but also not connected. Where I was like either on trial of some kind, or I was on the, on the run from the laws on the lamb. And uh, it started with a dream that I still think is hilarious to this day, where I had been arrested, and they're like, you're under arrest for murder. And um, and I go to court, and they're like, we have your uh, your accomplice here, and he's here, right here, You can there he is, and it's Bosco. And I'm like, oh my god. Did you do it? Like, Did you do it? I'm like, yeah, no, and I'm like, I'm like, Bosco fucking murdered somebody, and here I am, taking the heat for Bosco's murder. I thought you murdered somebody. Yeah, but then, I like how it's instantly yeah. like, oh my god, yeah. it was Bosco. Yeah, and I was believed that, but then... The weird thing is, in the dream, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you fucking killed somebody, and now I'm in trouble for it with you here. And Bosco has the same reaction in my dream, where he's like, no, you murdered somebody, and now here I am in trouble <laughs> for your murder. And then like we're, we're having arguing, a Larry David like yeah. argument, and, and we start arguing with each other, like, no, you murdered them, and I'm here in trouble. And then like we kind of like it kind of like. We're like framed. rolls out and then we both are like I'm like okay tell me the truth you didn't murder anybody he's like no I didn't murder anybody you tell me the truth you didn't murder anybody and I'm like I did not murder anybody who's and murdering then, people? and we like yeah and then we were like both like okay so we're both innocent right like hand the guy we're innocent and we're like okay we're innocent and we're like well here we go to trial. Both of us accused of a murder. We yeah, didn't yeah. There was no, fa- there was no fantasy. It was just like, all right, now we're just gonna be tried for a murder that we didn't do. Oh my god! And that yeah. dream would be uh, succeeded by a series of other dreams, where either I was in trial for something random, or I would be on the run. Like I had a dream where I was like running around. The thing with dreams is you things will become very distorted as they are in the Lynch films. Like I was like at the mall running.
running from the police, but it wasn't quite the mall. It was like there's no shops around. It was like the mall, but it was like a series of like concrete mazes and tunnels and almost like a climbing structure. So it's like a dream gives you something familiar and something that you kind of know, but then like distorts it in this weird way where it's kind of becomes foreign and unrecognizable. And, you know, bring this back to the David Lynch film, like the thing with the names or how Rita is like, I think I know who I am, but I also don't know who I am. And they keep seeing the waitress at, at I don't the, the Winkies. And at first she her name tag says Diane. Then it says Betty. You know, it's kind of this idea of like you're, you're looking at something that's like, yeah, this is familiar. But then also somehow it's like completely foreign at the same time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so like I would have this dream. I'm like at the mall and I know where I am and I and I know that I'm there, but somehow it's it's a different place, you know. Yeah, so final thoughts. Final thoughts about this film. Let's um, start let's start with Andrew. He's the guest. Well, I don't know. I mean, I would definitely watch it again. You know, yeah. I think this is one of those ones and I was trying to you know, pick up every detail, but it's one of those ones where I think if you watch it again, you'd be much better able to pick out, oh, okay, maybe this is, you know, this is important for later on in the movie, this is more fake, or, you know, this is more surreal, this is more actual, um, but overall, like, very interesting, I think it does a great job of capturing what it feels like to be in a dream in retrospect, totally, totally. Uh, you know. What would you give it? You know, uh... Eight plus, yeah, strong that, eight out yeah, of ten. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. You're using the Fantano system. A strong yeah. eight. <laughs> I don't like Fantano that much, but his rating system doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I'll go next. Um, but, uh, you know, I this, you know, first time watching it, I'm a huge fan of Lynch. I, he's just such a weird fucking esoteric dude, and he just... He just, he likes what he likes, and somehow he manages to cobble together this fucking insane roller coaster ride of nonsense and fantasy. He turns the mundane into myth, mythical. You know, it's, it, it, the guy is just like, he's a phenom, dude. He's, he's ridiculous. And I know, I know, you know, I feel like, he could be divisive, you know, people could not like him, I think Buck wants to get in, um, you know, no, 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 he's gonna fuck with the courts, dude, I'm pissed with him, <laughs> no uh, Buck, <laughs> no Buck, you stay outside, um, um, but yeah, so, you know, really good, you know, the acting, I, here's the thing, is that it was good acting, but they weren't doing good acting they were doing like a weird disjointed version of acting so it'd be weird to say that this was good acting because i think it was they were good at trying to do what they wanted like trying to do this weird like you know like flat and wooden delivery you know it, it's strange it's like I, I know it's going to sound weird, but, like, people don't, like, in this movie, people use weird tone at weird moments, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. like you said, like, sometimes it'll be an explosion of, of you know, of weirdness, or sometimes it'll just be some weird dude in the corner staring at you that looks like your Greek uncle Yorgo, you know? <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, so, you know, I, I dig it. I probably, I probably, I probably give it a... Strong eight, yeah, strong, strong to, you know, mid eight, 
Alright, Zach, wanna wrap it up? Um, alright. Um, well, I do like this film. I hesitate to, to say that I like it better than other David Lynch work. I think I like Blue Velvet more than this one. Yeah. Um, well, that one was actually telling, like, a kind of a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, this one. The disjointedness is a little jarring. At yeah, least on I the feel first watch through. I, sorry, just uh, before you give your final thoughts, I just want to like, if anyone takes this as a recommendation, definitely like know you're about to watch some weird shit. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, um, like one thing I was I I I had written down in my notes from about the first half of the movie was I was like I can't tell who the main character is here. Like, who am I supposed to be following? Yeah. Is it the director? Is it Betty? Is it Rita? Is it the combination of all of them? And I guess at the end, it's supposed to be Betty slash Diane with, I guess, somewhat Rita's and slash Camilla. Um, you know, but um, other times, um, it's it's super uh, unsettling, and that's what I love about it. Just the, yeah. the soundtrack certain scenes the weirdness of it is super unsettling and just uncomfortable in a way that like i think that's the intended purpose (laughs) to make you so unsettled and uncomfortable and to you know kind of throw you off track and and how you follow the film but you know it i feel i could have done a little bit more with a little bit better with a little bit more um cohesion in in bringing it all together at the end it was um it ended still like it did answer some of the questions i feel like with at least the key and certain characters but other things i feel like were kind of just at a loss like for example the director's wife banging billy ray cyrus (laughs) yeah that was that was weird yeah. yeah Or, like, the whole thing with the Italian guys kind of running the show. That's never really... <laughs> yeah, the weird, du- the weird midget out. dude behind yeah. the glass. It's never yeah. really flushed out there at the end. But I, I guess it does its job in leaving you feeling unsettled and just confused in the way that it gets a fucking creepy-ass, weird, disturbing dream would. You know, but... Still, you know, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good film, and I would say it's a recommend. I wouldn't put it at an 8. I would go more of a 7, 6.57. Ooh, um, ooh, yeah. harsh. I mean, it's better than most films, I think, in my opinion. All right, that's fine. Um, but in terms of David Lynch's work and comparing it to movies, I would hope to... Um, further review on this show I yeah I would say it's a 7 so that's not that bad yeah I enjoyed it it was thought provoking but also disjointed and hazy hazy and in a way that kind of just leaves you just unsettled in a good way that it was like yeah this movie meant to leave you unsettled but also just kind of like a little bit unsatisfied in some weird way too so alright well that's gonna do it for this for us that's a, uh, that's uh, what's the movie called again? Mulholland Drive. Yeah, and uh, we're out. Peace. Thank you. Have a good night.